Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. Aren't you glad that Jesus is more than enough? That he's greater than your past? He's greater than every mistake you've ever made? That he paid everything you ever did on the cross? Let's just give him some praise right now. Let's just give him some praise right now. Let's just, man, it, it, it's so humbling. I know what he saved me from. I can't help it. I can't help but get excited. I can't help but get loud about it. I can't help it because I know where I would be. I know what I'd be doing if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for the price that he paid on my behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you paid it all to set us free from hell, death, and the grave, to give us a hope and a future that we can never get without you, not just here on earth, but for the eternity to come. Lord, I praise your name. Father, I just pray right now that you just have your way as we transition from a time of worship through song to a worship in your word, that you will just speak to us. Not let one of us walk out of here the same way we walked in. I pray, Father, right now that you will open up our heart and do heart surgery on us because every one of us has things that we need to lay down before you. Lord, I pray that we don't walk out of here carrying the same baggage we walked in with. Lord, I believe that you want to push us into a new season, but we don't want to pull old baggage into a new season. Lord, let us lay it here. Let us walk out free from condemnation, free from depression, free from anxiety, free. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Good morning. You may be seated. I don't know if you guys know or have noticed but if you just anywhere you look in here, you'll see a table set up, and we're gonna. Um, I, I'm gonna give you a chance to amen real quick. Okay, get ready for it. My message is gonna be short, so we can participate in life groups. Everyone said, yeah. "You didn't have to agree so quickly." Gosh, no. Um, but we're excited about life groups. We. Here at C1, we celebrate Jesus, we live in community, we share our story, and we make a difference. And part of that, number two, is live in community. And this is how we as an organization, as C1 Church, has decided to lean into community. So you're going to see six tables set up around the room. And every one of them tackles community in a different way. And every one of them is going to give you an opportunity to participate in the community. One of the things that we're asking people to do this year, though, is to lean into one group. One group. Because, like, I know every one of them look appealing. I want to be a part of three different groups, if not all the groups. Like, well, it would be awkward for me to be a part of, like, a women's group. But don't put it past me. Um, Because they have the best baked goods, I'm telling you. Uh, But we're asking to lean into one group for this session. 
And then, you know, if you're like, hey, I want to I try a different group, try a different group next session. And the reason why is, is that opens up more, more seats for people. If you're in three different groups, that's two seats that someone else can't fill. So um, we, we want these groups to grow. And so we are excited for what God's going to do through life groups. And today, we're going to continue in our series. We're going to continue in our series called How To. And um, we're going to be looking at James chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Just two verses. We're, we're following uh, James talking about pride last week, if you recall. We, we hit on pride and how, how God says God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. And how really the key to intimacy with God is approaching God in humility. And James instantly follows up humility and pride with these two scriptures. And I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation, and then I'm going to look at the message transliteration as well. But it says in James chapter 4, it says, Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone, who gave the law, is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? Now, some, some translations actually say, instead of just God's law, it says God's royal law. And I, I was looking at this because the royal law of God is actually mentioned earlier in the book of James when he's talking about the law, and it's love your neighbor as yourself. And some, some, some scholars that are much smart, smarter than me said that, no, it's applying to all God's law. Some say that it's, uh, James is really only talking about um, uh, love your neighbor as yourself, but honestly, Either one apply. If, we, if you want to split hairs, God is the author of all the law. When you judge your neighbor, you're judging all the law. But also, if you want to just say love your neighbor as yourself, you're judging God's law because you're not acting the way God calls us to. And then, I, I want to read one more, one more uh, transliteration of this. And it's in the message because it, it kind of, it kind of gives a, a better understanding, I think, of what's really happening here when we judge. Don't badmouth each other, friends. It's God's word, his message, his royal rule that takes a beating in that kind of talk. You're supposed to be honoring the message, not writing graffiti all over it. God is in charge of deciding human destiny. What do you think, or who do you think you are to meddle in the destiny of others? And I really chewed on this this week as I was praying, because earlier in the book of James, we talked about the power of our tongue, and how when we speak, it's a powerful thing. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And James challenges us to tame our tongue. And here, in this understanding, he says, 
who do you think you are to meddle in the destiny of others? When we judge, when we speak that over someone, we are messing with their destiny. And I, I, want, I want to set the basis for, for this because on the surface, you can look at this, the, this, these two verses and think, well, the whole thing is about not judging. And yes, it is about not judging, but whenever I start to read the Bible or, or anything, I, I, I like to really ask questions. I believe that any time there's a challenge before me, the right question might lead to the right answer. And, and uh, so, for instance, uh, the, the main questions I, I ask myself when I'm looking at a challenge or a puzzle or, or something, I ask why. Why is this here? That's probably the number one thing. Like, why do I have to do this? This is stupid. How many of you guys have ever felt that way? Um, yeah, me too. Uh, or... Sometimes when you see a couple and you look at them, there's another question that comes to mind. How? Like, come on, you, I can't be the only one to think, how? Like, what? What? Just, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it doesn't make sense. Or when you see, like, children that are absolutely beautiful children and you look at the parents and you go, how? It's... You're like, what? Some of you guys are like, yeah, I see your kids, and I think that all the time. Like, Amy makes a little bit of sense, but you know. Uh, I, I sometimes look at my marriage, and I think, God, continue to blind Amy to my face. And uh, that would be great, because it doesn't make sense. God has blessed me beyond all measure. But I, I think asking the right question is very important. And whenever I read the Bible, I ask a series of questions. The first question I normally ask when I read the Bible is, Holy Spirit, help me understand what you are saying. Give me understanding. Because the last thing I want is my opinion about what the Word of God says. I want the Holy Spirit to help me understand why he wrote that. This, an, another question I ask myself all the time was, what is the author trying to convey to the original audience? With that question in mind, I have to ask, what are the differences between me and the original audience? Because Guess what? The Bible applies to us. It, it, we believe in verbal plenary inspiration. That means the Holy Spirit wrote over 2,000 years ago, but it still applies to us today. And it's still life-giving. It's, still, it's forever. But when the original author wrote it in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he did not write it with us in mind. He wrote it for a church 2,000 years ago. So there are differences between us and the original audience that we had to filter through. So I, I ask myself, what are the differences between us and the original audience? I, I ask, um, oh gosh, um, what, was the, what issue was the author addressing? Because there are issues that the author was addressing 2,000 years ago. Some of them still apply to us today directly. Some of them, we have to get the, the principle behind why he was addressing that. Because honestly, let's think about one issue in particular. He says uh, to the church in Corinthians uh, that, that, that a woman should not pray with her head uncovered. He says that once. Paul does. So, or, or that a, a, a woman's hair is her glory or something like that. Or he says that a man should not pray with his head covered. 
You know, there, there are things in the Bible that were cultural things back then that we have to say, what's the principle behind this? And the reason why he was saying that was, hey, you know what? You, in that town, in that time, you, uh, that, that prostitutes, women prostitutes would cut their hair short. And so in that town, in that time, he was saying, women of God, grow your hair out to where you don't, don't get mistaken for that. And so there, there were reasons in that time, in that culture, why he wrote that. But they don't necessarily apply to us today. But the principle does. For instance, he was telling women to be different from the world. He was telling us to be different from the world. So the principles, we have to ask ourselves questions. What was the culture in which the author was writing? Well, I mean, today we're, we're looking at a Roman culture. Another question, what is the main biblical principle in this section of scripture? So, I, I, like, if you guys are taking notes and you're trying to write all these questions down, <laughs> I'm, tell, I'm just giving you a glimpse of some of the stuff that goes through my head as I read the Bible. And today, I, I, I stared at this scripture for str- like hours because I was like, God, I don't, there's, so, there's something else here that I want, I want us to get. It's just more than judging. There's something deeper more than judging. Should we judge our neighbor? Absolutely not. The Bible tells us not to judge several times. Jesus says, the measure with which you judge, you will be judged. That's not a good thing. He, he, in fact, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Show mercy. He says, blessed are those who show mercy, for they will receive mercy. Like, that's a good thing. So I kept asking myself, what is the hinge of what, what James is trying to say in these two verses? Because really, it's like, a, it's like a snapshot. If you read this chapter... Chapter 4 is like a snapshot, snapshot, snapshot. It does go together, but it's almost like he was addressing three different things in this chapter. And I just, the question I kept asking myself, what's the hinge of what the author's trying to say to us? And it has to do with not judging, but the real issue, if we go deeper is how to know your role. So I'm going to give you one thought today, and we're going to, we're going to kind of hopefully dive into it a little bit. But I, want, I really think what James is really speaking here to us is how to know my role. This is something that we all need to know in our walk with God. Because I would almost say every one of the issues that we have in life come from a place of trying to put ourselves in the role of God in our life. Or in someone else's life. When we try to be God to them and and do (laughs) what only God should do. Guess what? You're not the Holy Spirit. You don't convict the world of sin. Our job is to love people. Our job is to be obedient, to know our role. But when we step into God's role, it throws our life into chaos. We suddenly change um, everything about our life. Well, what, what do you mean? When I step into God's role in my life, that means I get to determine what's sin and what's not sin. 
what's permissible and what's not permissible for a Christian. And suddenly I'm having conversations with myself that I should never have to begin with because I'm playing God to me. So James is addressing something here. He's saying, know your role. And he addresses this in a scripture. Like, uh, I believe it's in the, the second scripture, 12. But he says, but your job is to obey God's law. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He's saying, there's a judge and, and there's you. You're not the judge. Know your role. Know your role. When we get these mixed up, we, we meddle in a lot of different things. Because when we, when we try to step into God's role in our life, we, we can't live out our own purpose. And then we get frustrated. We, we, like, God, why is this not working out? God, why am I frustrated here? Well, you're not functioning in your purpose. You're not functioning in what God called you to do. And so, of course, you're going to be frustrated when you're not functioning in what the purpose God gave you. This is dangerous because not only that James here explains that we will start, deter- we will start determining whether God's law applies to us. So we'll, we'll sit in judgment over people. And that's what he's talking about. He's like, who do you think you are to judge Because that very judgment that you're giving on them, it applies to you too. But sometimes we could sit in judgment over people and think it applies to them and not to us. And that's a dangerous thing. That's a very dangerous thing. So in order to know our roles, to know, uh, I keep saying roles, everyone's going to be like, I am hungry now. Thank you, Ryan. All I want is a roll. I didn't say cinnamon roll or dinner roll. Feel like the rock. Know your role. Um, you guys don't remember that, or you guys are sanctified and holy. Um, <laughs> so we need to define our roles. Let's define God's. Not hey, God doesn't need my help with His resume. Um, but I, I like James. James actually just calls God a lawgiver here. In, in, in context, that's he. That's what he was talking about. I just want to expand on who God is, so we know his role, so we can define our role a little better in this relationship with him. So, um, he's God Almighty, sovereign over all. Now, sovereign is a churchy word. And if, 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 you, if you've never been in church before, or it's been a while, sovereign literally means that he's in control of all things. He's God Almighty. He's creator of heaven and earth. And I want you to think about how he created things. He didn't sit and just like, oh, I'm going to grab a little bit of this. Because we, sometimes we get this idea because we have to create with our hands. But when God created, he spoke. He said, let the, let the mountains separate from the waters. He said, let there be light. He said, And everything required to make light came into existence. The mountains just formed and the waters separated. He said, let the the darkness separate from the day. I mean, like, he spoke and things happened. He's creator of heavens and earth. He separated the heavens from the earth. 
He is the first and the last. We, he, he is Alpha and Omega. That, that's, you know, the first letter of the Greek alphabet and the last letter of the Greek, Greek alphabet, the first and last. But that doesn't really capture who he is. That gives us context to who he is, but God is everlasting. He doesn't have a beginning, and he doesn't have an ending. After everything is going to be gone, he's going to be. He was before time, which is oxymoron, because before is a word that depends on time, but he existed before time. Not only did he exist before time, he exists outside of time. Okay, so like that's why he can be present in your life here. He can be present in your life in the future and he can be present in your life in the past simultaneously. Because not only is he before time and after time, but he exists outside of time. So he sees the whole context of time. That's what makes the incarnation, Jesus coming becoming a man so powerful and mind-blowing because God, who is infinite in every single way possible, steps into a finite timeline. He's never stepped into time before, and now he's constrained to time for us. He exists outside of space, and yet he became man. And he engages with us in time and space because he loves us. That's, that's so beautiful when you think about, we, we called him the O3 God. He's omnipotent, that means all-powerful. He's omniscient, he's all-knowing, and he's omnipresent. And his omnipresent goes before like, well, if I'm here, he's here. If I'm, like, there's not a place you can go on earth that he is not. That's true, that's omnipresence. But that also means in time itself, he's omnipresent. Like, in every sense of the word present, he is present. That's why he knows the plans he has for you. And he's working 10 years from now. What you're praying for right now, God is actually answering right here in your life. And he's saying, you have to wait for the answer, but I've already given it to you. And if you live long enough, you'll actually go be able to go back and see that. Wow, I prayed for that and God did that. And it was just a matter of time because we're stuck in time. But God's outside of time and he dropped the answer. So that's God. That's his role. That's who he is. He's our savior. He's our creator. I want us to grab a hold of this. He's our creator. What's our role? Who are we in this? We are one portion of his creation. That is quite humbling when you think about our role in creation. We are one portion of his creation. Now, we're the pinnacle. No, nothing else in all creation did he die for. He, he loved us so much that he sent his son into humanity into a, a finite time frame for 33 years to bear our sin, to experience everything that we experienced. In fact, it was to the point where I was reading in Hebrews chapter 5, it said that Jesus had to learn obedience through his suffering. That, that, that's like, you want to talk about a God that knows everything that you're going through? Jesus even had to learn? God had to learn? That doesn't make sense. 
But everything that you can go through, he knows. He loves us, but we're one portion of his creation. One portion of his creation. He's creator, we're creation. So when we get these roles mixed up, we start dictating to creator God, God, I want it my way. God, I need it my way. And we forget who we are. God in his grace doesn't smash us like an ant. But even if, 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 ant, if one ant represents humanity, and I being a 6'2", 220-pound male representing God, that comparison doesn't even start to scope out how much infinitely greater God is than his creation. And yet he loves you, and he cares for you, and he wants to move in your life. But in order for that to happen, you have to operate in your role. You have to recognize who he is and who we are. And that goes back to what we talked about last week is humility. It is quite humbling to realize that, man, I'm not the stuff. That I'm not all that. It is humbling, but it's also liberating to know that God is in control. And when we know our role, we won't start pronouncing judgment on others because that's not our role to judge. When we judge people, we're acting as God. We're actually saying, God, you need a little help with your law. It's not quite good enough. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that my job is to point out in other people's lives what they're doing wrong. And I, I just I, I want to put context here because Jesus says in Matthew 7, 1 and 2, don't judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is a standard by which you will be judged. So when we operate outside of our role and we start judging others, I, I just I want you to get what Jesus is saying. That is a dangerous place for the Christian to be because a God who sees all, knows all, is looking at your life. He's looking at every intention. And as you act as God to other people, you know, I'm going to judge them. They're wrong. They're, you know, like, you can recognize people when they're wrong. That's not judging. Like, right and wrong, we just, that's the Holy Spirit working in us. But when you start pronouncing on them, when you start speaking over them, there's a line that has to, that, there's a line that's crossed. Like, that person, that, that person's going to amount to nothing. They're just a drug addict. They're just this. They're just that. What I've discovered is when we start speaking that, people usually live up to the lowest standard of which we set for them. So when you start speaking that over children, you start speaking that over neighbors, you start speaking that over bosses, they're never going to change. Who are you to say that? God can do anything. Oh, they're, all, they're, they're never going to amount to anything. They've already amounted to something. Jesus died for them. So when we start pronouncing judgments like that, and that's what God is talking about. He's not saying, well, you can't... You, you, um, he, what he's not saying when, when it comes to judgment is like, 
oh, I, I can't recognize sin in someone else's life. You can, because that's how we know not to do it. We, that's the Holy Spirit working in us saying, that's sin. I don't want to participate. But we can't judge someone else for sinning. You can't judge a sinner for being a sinner. That's God's job. But you can recognize sin. You can recognize sin without judging people for being a sinner. But it's when we start pronouncing judgment over them, we start taking God's role. And that's a dangerous place to be because every time we pronounce judgment over someone, God's like, they didn't show any mercy. The measure with which you judge, you will be judged. We're, we aren't qualified to make judgments. And God's trying to protect us from our own ignorance here. He's saying, don't judge people like that. Don't pronounce over them. Don't, don't do that. You're only hurting yourself. Know your role. What is our role then? It's to be obedient. Our role is to be obedient. James tells us right there. He says, but your job is to obey the law, not judge whether it applies to you. That's humbling. That's hard. That takes soul searching. That takes humility. That takes God to work in us. What does that look like? What does it look like? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to read a portion of scripture. It's out of Psalm 119. I'm going to read all 176 verses out of that chapter. So I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. That's the longest chapter in the Bible. I'm, I just want to read the first, the first eight verses. It's such a, ironically, we're talking, like they're going to be looking at Psalm 119 in that life group, which is awesome. But I'm just, I want to read the first eight verses because I really think this really helps us walk in our role with God. And so he says, you're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. I, I want to I want to point out in just two verses, just two lines of this. Twice, he talks about when we walk in our role, we're blessed. God wants to bless us for being us. For walking in our role with him. Now, if you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the first blessing God wants to give you is salvation. Like a, a change of hell to heaven for your eternity. But walking in our role with God literally leads to blessing. When we don't try to operate in his role and pronounce judgment, to, to, to speak judgment. Because it's not just judgment that we speak over other people. It's judgment that we speak over us. Have you guys ever noticed that you're, own, you're your own worst critic? You speak judgment over yourself. Man, I, I, I suck. I'm awful. I'm a bad parent. I'm a bad teacher. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, like, you start speaking that. Who are you? Who am I to speak that over yourself? That's not what God says about you. Stop. That's not your role. Your role is to be obedient to God and what he says. 
And he says, you're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road, on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. He doesn't say being perfect at it. He's just saying do your best to find him. That's right. You don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road he set. You, God, prescribed the right way to live. Now you expect us to live in it. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping the course you set. Then I'd never have any regrets in comparing my life with your counsel. When we just try to walk with God and we read his word, this is why it's so important to read the word of God. And because it, it reveals in us things that we need to change, but then we don't, when we, when we operate in our role and worship God the way we should, then as we read the word, we don't have to go, oh, that hurts. No, like we can rejoice. I thank, I thank you for speaking straight from your heart. I learned the pattern of your righteous ways. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Don't ever walk off and leave me. I think this portion of scripture here in Psalm 119 is a great look at how to know our role. It recognizes God's role and what he wants to do for us. He wants to bless us. He wants to, he wants to make straight paths for us. He wants, and then our job is to do our best to walk in those paths. To be obedient. And as we walk in our role, we're going to lead other people to Jesus. They're going to see blessing on your life. They're going to want to be around you. Have you ever noticed people don't want to be around people that's constantly judging them? That constantly says, you're never going to amount to anything. You know, like, I don't want to be around that. I want to be around people that are life-giving, that speak life. And James here says, it's not our job to meddle in other people's destiny. It's not your job to meddle in your own destiny. It's our job to be obedient. That's our role here. Know your role, and when we know our role, we're going to walk with God well. So how we're going to end this service, and I said we're going to end early. What I want to do is, if you need prayer, I'm going to be right up here. But, but what we're really going to do is... is we're going to transition into a time of fellowship, really. Edify the body. We're going to look at life groups. But I don't want to negate the fact that I want to pray with you or if you need prayer and you just need to talk, I'm going to be right here. But during this time, we really are, I, I really, what I really want us to do is to lean into life groups, know our role, and lean into life groups. Our role right now is to build each other up, to plug into a life group. How amazing would it be if we had 100% participation? That's going to help you know your role in God. That's going to help you walk in your role with God. And so I'm going to pray. If you need prayer, I will be available. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I will be available. But we're going to respond by fellowshipping with one another and leaning into life groups. Please sign up for one. Just one. Lean into one life group and see what God does. Father, I just thank you so much because you are good, because you are faithful, because you are more than enough. I pray right now that as we walk, as we know your role, that we will walk out our role. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to love people around us. And Lord, I pray that as you're working with 
in each heart, as you're working in each person, I pray that you will, that you will have your way. Lord, lead them to the right life group, Jesus. Lord, we have signups at every table. Lead them to the right life group that, that will build them up, that will help them operate in your what you have for them, that will bless them as they walk in your ways. In your mighty name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.